Tonight we are actually starting a new series called Known, and in the next couple weeks we're going to talk about growing in our faith and doing that through understanding what's going on with ourselves spiritually and learning how we can relate to God and continue to know Him and worship Him. Um, but to be honest, these things can be a little difficult to talk about um, because I think they can start off seeming a little ambiguous and can be hard to define and they can be hard to explain. We know building an independent faith is important. You all know that's part of our mission statement here at Big House. And we, the Big House team, we want all of you to grow in your faith. But to be honest, what does that actually mean? And what does that really look like in our day-to-day -day lives? How do we build an independent faith? And how do we grow in our faith? That's something we talk about all the time. So in these next couple nights, we're going to talk about faith in what we hope is a really tangible and practical way. Tonight, Dave Bartlett is here, and he's going to be asking the question, where are you? And he's going to be breaking down our faith journey into stages to help us better understand where we are spiritually and what a lifelong journey of faith can really look like. And then next week, Ed Baker is going to be here, and he's going to talk about spiritual pathways and how we are all really uniquely created to, to, to connect to God in a lot of different ways. Um, and it's really important to learn how we can relate to God. Um, this helps us know God and learn more about him. So again, thank you guys for being here tonight. Um, I know there's a lot going on, and it's just been a crazy couple weeks with schedules getting changed. Um, but I'm really glad you're here tonight. I know we're going to learn some really important things that are going to help us better understand ourselves and better understand how we continue to build our own independent faith. So, Dave, come on up, and let's get going. Okay. Great, thank you, thank you. Okay, there's a verse in the Bible, Proverbs, there's a couple verses in there. Proverbs 20, verse five says this. Listen, listen to this, this is Proverbs. If you're looking it up, Proverbs 20, verse five. The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters. But a man of understanding draws them out. Now, it could be written this way. The purposes of a person's heart, man or woman, are deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. So uh, look at the person sitting next to you. Just look at him a minute. And think to yourself. Don't do anything weird. Think to yourself, that person is deep water. That person is deep water. Now look to the person, if you've got a person on the other side. That person, too, is deep water. Now, what does that mean? That means there's a lot going on under the surface of what you can see. There's a lot of deep water in every person you ever meet. Now, I wish I could hand you a mirror. And I wish you would look in the mirror and you would see yourself. And you could whisper to yourself, I'm also a person of deep water. There's a lot going on under the surface. I could, I could watch you for a week, and I could like learn some things about you, but I could not know what's going on under you. And in fact, Christians, followers of Christ, for years and years, have tied these two things together. You can know God so much, but then you need to know yourself better, and then you can learn to know God better, and then you have to learn to know yourself. You can't just learn to know God. 
apart from learning to know yourself. They go together. It's called double knowledge. It's called, I can know God a little, then I need to open up and learn about myself. Then I can learn about myself, then I can learn about God. And so tonight, what I want to take you through is this idea that following Jesus has stages and you're in some stage, if you're a follower of Jesus, or even if you're not, there's a stage for you. And this is like um, some authors wrote about this years and years ago. And they studied people in the Bible, the New Testament especially, and they, they, they said, hey, all these people went through these stages. And then they looked in churches and they looked in youth groups and they said, people still go through these stages. And so we have a slide on this. Um, this is called Stages of Faith, um, Critical Journey. And I'm going to talk about each of these stages, and I want you to listen close enough to say, hey, I might be in that stage, or I might have been in that stage last year, or my brother or my sister or my dad might be in that stage. And then as we, and uh, in small groups after tonight, when you're sitting around, we're going to ask the question, a couple questions. I know because I wrote them. Uh, one of the questions is, what's going on under the surface of your life? The second question is, could you identify any stage that you might be in? And why do you think you're in that stage? So let's start, stage one. Stage one is an interesting uh, stage. Oh, by the way, these stages, you don't go through them once in a lifetime. It's like a slinky. You go through the stages over and over again. And you might be in one or two stages at the same time. Okay, stage one. It's called coming to faith. This is where you first begin to learn about some facts about God. I call this the fill-in-the-blank part of the journey. It's like some of you were in vacation Bible school when you were little. Some of you have been in Sunday school. Some of you were never in church until you came to Big House. At some point in your journey, you have to fill in the blanks. Like, why do people say God has three parts? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why do people say Jesus had to die on the cross for my sin? What is sin? I mean, there's just a whole bunch of blanks that have to be filled in. And then as you're filling them in, eventually you come to a point, this is all stage one, where you give all that you know of yourself to all that you know of God. And it could have been in junior high at a camp. It could have been in high school on a caravan. It could have been like your mom and dad prayed with you when you were four years old by your bed. I don't know how it happened. I know it happens all kinds of ways. People, for the first time, cross a line of faith and give all that they know of themselves to all that they know of God. Some of you probably know exactly where this happened. And some of you would say, like, I don't know. I think I've always loved God. And if you had that answer, you would be like one of the most famous Christians in the world, uh, the wife of one of the most famous, Billy Graham, Mrs. Billy Graham. She said, when I look back at my life, I never find a day when I didn't love God. I just grew up loving God. That's okay. That's her answer. But you need to have an answer for this stage one. Stage two. Really interesting. This is where you move yourself from being the center of life to moving Jesus to being the center of your life, the most important one. Um, there were some kids in the back a little while ago. Uh, children are famous uh, for being like self-focused. It's like they are the center of the world. And stage two, all it is in faith is you begin to learn that Jesus 
gets first place in my life. Jesus is on the throne of my, of my, of my life. I'm, I'm called, if I'm going to love God, I'm called to put him, follow him, more important than making myself happy. And uh, this is hard. And most of us, every day, have both. I want to please myself, I want to please Jesus. I want to please myself, I want to please Jesus. Uh, most of us have both. But this is like a stage where I'm shifting my allegiance. This is where Bible studies come in. Because we learned about Bible study heroes, right? And uh, we learn uh, about facts, and we start to move to stage three. That, uh, then, then I'm going to move to stage three. Stage three is interesting. This is where you give your, all that you know of yourself to all that you know of Jesus. You uh, move the allegiance, so you're loving him more and more. And then there's this little thing in your head that goes, I want to do something. I want to do something important for God. And that might be uh, love your neighbor, be nice to your little brother. That might be um, uh, start an organization that cares for uh, people who need help. That might be uh, collect canned goods for those who don't have food. But in this stage, you want to do something. You want to serve. The, the people who were up here in band could very well be they're in band because they're in stage three. They want to do something. Um, the leaders of the small groups after Big House tonight could well be, at least partly, they're in stage three because they want to love God by what? Leading a small group. It's so powerful. Our ch uh, I, I, I've been a leader at this church for a long time. Our church is full of people who are in stage three, who want to do stuff. Your staff people, who've already been up here leading the games, good chance a part of their heart is in stage three because they want to do something, right? Okay, so it sounds pretty easy so far, doesn't it? It's kind of uninterrupted. Give all that I know of myself to all that I know of God. I come to faith, whether at camp or caravan or... Uh, for me... It was in the top bunk of my bunk bed after I went to camp, but the guy was a manipulator, so I wasn't going to listen to him. But then God still whispered, Dave, I want you, and then I gave myself to him. Uh, stage two, I move allegiance, and we're not great at that, but I move him into stage three. I'm serving. Everything's going well. It's like it should be. And then I hit stage four, and I never even knew there was a stage four until I read this book, but I knew it in my heart because we had a church full of people doing it. And you know people in stage four tonight. Stage four is where you hit a spiritual wall, something bad happens in your life, and it knocks you on your spiritual butt. Okay? So you're cruising along, you're going to big house, you like your small group, you're reading your Bible every morning, and then uh, you come home from school uh, tonight, and your parents sit you down, and they go, we're getting a divorce. And you're going, where are you, God? How can this happen? Or you come home from school, and your mom says, I got something to tell you. I have cancer. And you're going, no. Or you come home from school, and your dad sits you down, and he goes, your favorite grandpa or grandma died. 
It's stage four. You get knocked on your spiritual butt, and then you wonder, you re-ask all the questions you thought you already answered in stage one. That's what makes it a slinky. So I've probably taught this here. I've taught it in our church about five times. Uh, I had some family members die in an accident in Florida, and I'm the church leader, and while I'm driving to Florida, I'm asking three questions. And I've led this church for like 25, 30 years at that point. God, do you even exist? Wait, how can you ask a question like that when you've been leading a church? Well, it's easy. Because I got knocked on my spiritual butt, and I'm laying there, and I'm going to re-ask and re-answer all the questions. Some of you are probably in this tonight, and you didn't know this is a stage of growth. Some of you have parents in this stage, and they've been stuck in it for years. And they're mad at God because of something that happened. And nobody ever told them, this is a part of growth. This is a part of how it works to become a serious Christian. So you get knocked on your spiritual butt, you re-ask all the questions. Uh, in my case, I didn't even want to pray for a long time. It's like I felt some distance from God. And actually, I've been knocked on my spiritual butt like four times as an adult. And, uh, and so you hit a wall, and then here's the amazing thing that happens. You find out that you don't have answers, but you have a person who loves you, and the person is Jesus. Okay, now, stay with me here. This, this, is, this is advanced stuff here. Stay with me. In stage one, you're getting answers. Stage two, you're living them out. Stage three, you're serving God. Stage four, you get knocked on your spiritual butt, and you kind of figure out answers aren't that important. It's about a person, and his name is Jesus. Let me uh, help you understand this a little bit. Uh, ben, Charlie, and Bailey, three of my loved family members, died in an instant on a Florida highway. I will never in this lifetime know why. I will never in this lifetime know what part of it God allowed or didn't allow, or whether it was sin or broken world. I, I, I don't know, and I won't know. But I have to decide, does Jesus love me? Is he real? Did he die on a cross for me? What's crazy is you have fewer answers, and the only answer that really matters is Jesus. It's crazy. Some of you are here. I can see it, even while you're, you're thinking about this. Uh, stage five, so you get through that, and you get back up off your spiritual butt, and you start walking real careful. And now stage five is this where uh, uh, you're serving clearer. You know, you might lead a small group after big house if you're a staff thinking you're going to serve them because you like kids or you like the excitement of helping kids find answers. But after you get knocked on your spiritual butt, there's really only one reason to serve at all, and that's to serve Jesus. Uh, the Bible's pretty clear. If you get married, like Valentine's Day this week, this is a great example, uh, it says, uh, husbands and wives, love each other deeply out of reverence for Christ. So that means if, uh, if you're in love with someone or uh, you know someone, your parents are in love, 
They're loving each other this Valentine's Day, but the reason to do it, the answer is Jesus. I need to love them on the days when they're the most unlovable. That's when they need my love the most, but they don't deserve it on that day. So why do I love them? I love them for Jesus. That's, that means that's a stage five way of thinking. And stage six, uh, I labeled it, uh, it's, uh, the book labels it Life of Love, but I l- labeled it You Look Crazy to Everybody. Everybody tells you you're crazy. Like, because you've got it clear, you're doing it for Jesus, and so you're loving that person no one else thinks you should even talk to. And people look at you and go, you're an idiot. You go, doesn't matter. Um, uh, uh, Some of you are leading things. Well, maybe you're coming to Big House tonight, and you're doing it out of love for Jesus, and you know you need to grow. And someone else looks and goes, you're so dumb to go out on such a tough night. You're so, you know, there's a reason for this. And people will call you crazy. As I've led the church, um, we have people who give a lot of their money to God. And their accountants and their lawyers tell them they're crazy. So as their pastor, I have to put my arm around them and go, you're not crazy. You actually understand what heaven's about, right? People give all kinds of nights to work. And your, 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 our youth ministry staff is amazing at this. How many nights they'll give in a week to serve. And someone else would go, you're crazy. Go, no, you're not crazy. You got to be healthy. You got to be balanced. But you're doing it for Jesus. Are you with me? Okay, so stages one, two, three, four, and five, six. You could be in a couple stages at one time. It's like a slinky. You go through them over and over and over again. And the reason it's so important, the reason you need to think about this is because this helps you now and in your future as you follow Christ. Because many of you will go to college or go to the military or go out in the workforce. And you're going to need to remember, faith is in stages. People think like faith goes like this. It doesn't. It goes like this. And part of that is the stages. And you say, well, how does the slinky thing work? Well, if you get a new piece of information, then you have to start back at square one again. So, for instance, let's say you've never heard of the Holy Spirit. You're a Christian. You're following Jesus. Let's say you've been in stage three, and then you hit some kind of wall in stage four. And then... Uh, like happened in my small group in high school, one of the girls told us one night, I, I, I like really believe in the Holy Spirit and I get spirit filled. And like, I was going, some of the kids were going, I never even heard of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? What is it? Ah, go back to square one. Do a study. Who is the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit work? When does the Holy Spirit like take up residence in the life of a Christian? You start back in stage one and you start working your way around. Um, happened to me as I was leading this church. A uh, lady came in and said, Dave, what do you know about spiritual gifts? I said, nothing. Then she opened up my Bible and said, brothers and sisters, do not be ignorant about spiritual gifts. I was back in square one. We got to do a study, figure out what this is, right? How are men and women supposed to live together? You know, this me too and all the questions right now we maybe should go back to square one 
say, what does the Bible say? And then we got to start through it again. This is really important stuff. Um, important now, but more important in the future as you figure out um, where you are and how your Bible study, I see so many of you carry Bibles, which is so good. Um, how does this fit into my life? How does this fit into my life? And how does it fit into the life of the people I love? Let me say a couple more things about stage four of the wall, and then I'm going to pray and be done. When you hit a wall spiritually, one of two things generally happens. Either you let it draw you to God, or you let it push you away from God. And I have both kinds of people come into my office and talk to me. Sometimes people come in, and the first thing they say is, I am so mad at God. How could God let this happen to me? I get that. I get that. Um, I was on the phone this morning with a lady whose husband died this morning and I was on the phone with her and her attitude was almost the opposite how can I even think about getting through this day without God how can I even think about getting through this day without God so if you or if you know someone, someone you love, someone you care about who hit a wall, and like the best way to help them is just listen and just walk with them. And uh, then if it's you, be totally okay with re-asking every single question and know that it's not sinful to ask a question. It wasn't a sin for me on the way to Florida three years ago to start all over and say, God, do you even exist? That wasn't a sin. That's not even a problem. I think God even, like, he was right there saying, Dave's my son. He loves me. It's going to be okay. Okay, I'm going to pray. And then uh, I hope you have lots of chances to talk about this in small group. Let's pray together. Uh, dear God, uh, I am grateful that we are deep water. I am grateful that um, there is a lot going on under the surface of our lives and we uh, have the privilege of learning about ourselves and about you and these stages of faith. Father, help us unlearn and help us love people who are in all the different stages. And Father, I especially pray for the small groups that we'll meet after this that they will have some good, honest, um, deep water discussions. In Jesus' name, amen.